brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. Of course, there's nothing else on. That's right. I mean, didn't you, don't you remember that signal that you used to get on the TV? It was just like yeah. a little yeah. test pattern. Right. We're just better yeah. than that. Yeah. First, first, you would get the. They would show the flag, and they would play the national anthem, and then you would see the test pattern. Right, right. right. And it would go. So when boom. you run against test pattern, you got an edge. And then right. eventually, it would just go to, you know. Yeah. yeah. So we are definitely the best thing. Definitely better, better than, than that. that. <laughs> yeah, we're much better than static. I mean, well, this pretty much is static. So. Well, this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are Made Man Brent. Oh, always a pleasure to be in the basement. And go to boy Allen. Happy to be here. And Maine Man Maury. Thank you, Bob. Another dreary day in the damp and musty basement. Yeah, you, you never want to leave this damp and dusty basement. We're never, listen, I've seen what's outside. Yeah. I don't want to leave. Yeah. We're, we are sheltering in place responsibly. That's right. And it's our shelter. Continually bunker. sterilizing with high proof alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> both internally and externally. Well, the alcohol vapors are sufficient. Yeah. Um, we've done some measurements. Of the alcohol vapors in the air. Well, the guys in Washington said if we drank the hand sanitizer, it would help us out. And we did the sanit- <laughs> we did the hand sanitizer episode, and we're all still here. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> good old boy, Justin. Oh, good morning, Bob. I'm still waiting for my haggis and neeps, but it's great to be here. Well, Brent Moy and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states and two continents, our members combine a love with bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. You can check them out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. We're also sponsored in part by the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. To find out more about the society and their events, you can visit them at ftlws.com. And lastly, we're also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits in Cooper City, Florida, home of the Enigmatic Machines. Are well, it's not really working. No, it's it's not it's not Enigmatic Machines. It's a it's a person that pops the top of a bottle, yeah. and then pours it for you. Yeah, he just calls it machine. It's right. It's right. That's what his name is, Enigmatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find them at www.finespirits.net. And our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, and pretty much anything else that you can drink. And today's show is on a range of whiskeys from independent bottler Distiller's Art. And here are the spirits we're going to be tasting today. We have the Distiller's Art Ben Nevis, 2011. We have the Distiller's Art Ben Rennie's, uh, 2002. The Distiller's Art Blair Athol, 1995. The Distiller's Art Daluane, uh, 2007. The Distiller's Art Inchgower, 2008. The Distiller's Art Federcairn, 2008. We have their Jura at 2007. And the Distiller's Art Kalila at 2010. So, some properly aged 
lovely whiskey. So we're going to have Justin tell us about our sips ratings. Okay. It's the mystery accent. Figure out what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious. (laughs) It's not Scottish, it's crap. Okay. Today, we have the sips ratings. One sip. Give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. I forgot to properly set the mood for you. You want me to do it for you? Here, wanna... <laughs> that feel better for you? Okay, there you go. Much better. <laughs> Two sips. Nice. But what else do you have? Well, <laughs> the guys are scowling around and banging their heads against walls. <laughs> Three sips. Hmm. Interesting. What was this again? Is that like a German <laughs> accent? He is the Stephen Hawking of Scottish accents. Nice. Four sips. Let's keep the secrets to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. And Irish in there. Five sips. Oh my. I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness. That was Swedish. Yeah. The end went to yeah. Swedish. Yeah. I, w- I started having flashbacks of the, you know, the puppet from the, from the, you know, from the Muppet Show. Yeah, I was just waiting. Yeah, really, it's good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Lord. All right. Well, we're gonna have Brent uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Distillers Arts. Thanks, Bob. The Distillers Art brand is owned by Hunter Lang and Company Limited. The Lang family has been in the whiskey business for over three generations. Company founder Stuart H. Lang has spent nearly 50 years in the industry learning the whiskey business from the ground up, starting as an apprentice at Brew Lodditch Distillery on, on Isla, <laughs> before joining his father Frederick as a blender in his export business. He traveled the world with his father selling the company's brands until Frederick's passing in 1982. Their scotch blends were bestsellers in their main markets of Asia and South America. In order to create those whiskeys, Frederick purchased and carefully stored hundreds of casks from distilleries all over the Scotland, many of which have sadly long since closed. Because of this foresight, these casks are still with us and are the basis for each distiller's art selection. Today, Stewart is joined by his sons, Scott and Andrew, expert single-cast bottlers in their own right. They know the importance of selecting the choicest casks for the exceptionally knowledgeable single-malt consumer. With the goal of continuing as one of the most respected and trusted names in the Scotch whiskey market, the family has dedicated to build their first own malt whiskey distillery on Isla. Their Ardenau Distillery started production in April 2019. So with that, we're going to move right to this first, uh, our first one, the Distillers Art Ben Nevis, 2011. Pra- paraphrase all of that. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's crap! Oh, that's how you paraphrase Thank you. it. You know? So the first one, Distillers Art Ben Nevis, 2011, 60.6% ABV, six years old. This one will kill the COVID um, as long <laughs> as you keep it in your mouth at all times. Mm-hmm. It's right at that level. 
So in 1986, the Ben Nevis story was closed and its future was uncertain. Fortunately, it was purchased from white bread by the Japanese Nika distillery in 1989. It took some time to get the whiskey production up and running again, but Ben Nevis was reopened again in 1991 and has been running smoothly ever since. So the color on this is light, really light. It's not brown. There's no brown in it whatsoever. It's um, it's a very, very pale yellow color. Um, the, uh, the nose, you get some, you get... You can sense the ocean when you when you nose this. You can just kind of sense the ocean, a little bit of smell, like, and why is there a sugarcane field next to my ocean? That's kind of what I got. Yeah, there. I got more caramel than anything else, but a little you're bit right. of caramel. On the right yeah. moment, you can get a hint of seaweed. Yeah, and uh, on the palate, it's got a nice, beautiful, oily mouthfeel. You get uh, notes of vanilla, um, a little bit of hay, some butter. I got some... Uh, uh, some peppers and coconut really fall, follows through with this on me. You know, I really enjoyed that. Um, nice long finish. I enjoyed this. You get a little, little, your mouth tingles that little peppery note to it. And um, beautiful. It gets some apples. But it's great. I, never, yeah, I, I think, don't have I a think problem. I think Alex said it best. He said, you know, this is six years old and it's perfect. And one more day isn't going to make it any better. It's, it's lovely. Well, it is surprisingly mature and yeah. a good example of why age statement doesn't always tell the story. I think this whiskey tastes fully matured. It's certainly beyond its, uh, it's mature beyond its years on the stated age. Um, as we all know, most uh, single malts are out there 10, 12, 15, 18. And uh, this one is delicious just the way it is. I agree with Alan and I don't think it's going to get any better. And uh, for a six-year-old, it's surprisingly mature. Yeah, I, I consider this the epitome of what a young whiskey should taste like uh whatever style it's got wood to it but not too much wood there's no puckering in the mouth the flavors are all there with water it just explodes and people need to be drinking or at least trying younger whiskeys i think they'll be surprised yeah yeah i don't know the price range of this one but it's it's very pleasant you know, yes. they, it's not nothing is overpowering. You not there's no there's no one note that's like overpowering. And it's says, like it's oh. like it's like a mouthful of Hawaiian tropic coconut oil. It's just, yeah, you know, it's oily, yeah, it takes it's you viscous. It's mouth coating. The coconut bomb comes through. The barley is just like this blanket underneath it. Yeah, it's, I mean, this I mean, is this is sugar cane yeah, and the beautiful. sugar cane in the background, and yeah, it's just yeah, yeah this is really absolutely great beautiful. Yeah, great, this, great this one again, I think. I think they pulled this one at the exact right time. Thank God they were checking it. A lot of times, you know, they might not. And uh, this thing might have actually not gotten any better. I, I can't imagine it getting much better. So if you add a little water, it magnifies the ocean notes yeah. and malt notes. Yeah. Makes yeah. the finish longer. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I agree. Finish so really well done. On. So incredibly well done. Well, we're going to be rating uh, the uh, Distiller's Art Ben Nevis 2011. Four sips. That's classified. So, so far, everything seems to be going pretty good. <laughs> it's our first one, and it's six years old, and it's that good. Oh, Lord. Well, we're going to have uh, Alan tell us about our next one, so take it away. Whiskey number two is from the Ben Rennie's Distillery. It was distilled in 2002. It's 14 years old. And the Ben Rennie's Distillery 
was constructed near the site of an earlier distillery, which was built near White House Farm in Banffshire in 1826. It was perhaps not the most fortunate choice of locations. And we'll be back. Hey, and we're back, and we have uh, Alan telling us about uh, the distiller's art, Ben Rennie's, and he's telling us a little bit about the Ben Rennie's distillery, so take it away. So the first Ben Rennie's distillery was destroyed by a flood in 1829. Another distillery was constructed nearby around 1835. The ownership of the new distillery changed seven t- several times before it was bought by John Dewars and Sons, who acquired Ben Rennie's in 1922. In 1925, the John Dewar and Son Company merged with the DCL, Distillers Company Limited, and is now part of the United Distillers Group, Diageo. The color on this one is... A mid-gold, mid to light gold, and it has a really lovely nose to it. Floral with lychee nuts, passion fruits, a little roasted coffee, and some rum-soaked star fruit. On the palate, you taste dark cocoa, stewed tropical fruits, spice, apples, and charred wood. With water, burnt chocolate emerges, and sponge cake and sweet sherry flavors arise. The finish, with notes of bitter coffee and chocolate biscuits, chased with clean, refreshing mint. This, I think, is a lovely whiskey. It's got a bit of wood on the finish. And um, is definitely... A good selection. I would think this more of as an after-dinner dram than one I would have before. But just a nice, lovely, very good whiskey. I agree, Alan. I think it's very nicely made. I think your tasting notes were spot on. For me, at least today, at this moment in this setting, I was a little off-put by a little of some of the bitter coffee notes at the end. Um, it, especially on the heels of the first whiskey, this one was just a little bit more, um, a little more bitter and, uh, although well-made, uh, if I had to choose between the first two, uh, selections, the first one would, would have been my choice, but you can't go wrong with this. And again, I think as a digestive, it'd be a lovely whiskey. You know, you know what it reminded me of? I go to Aldi and I buy this dark chocolate. There's dark chocolate with cranberries and dark chocolate with mint. And it's kind of like if I had to like the combination of those two together, it's, it reminded me of that with on the, on the palate. It was, it was very pleasant. I, I enjoyed it very much. What do you think, Justin? I think this would balance well with like a sweet key lime pie or chocolate cake. So that way each time you had a bite, you drank this, it would be like eating the cake for the first time. So if you use it right, it's it's going to be really enjoyable. Yeah, it's Bobby definitely hmm, on the nose. It's definitely it's it's a. I get a lot of coffee on this, and I I definitely get that rum, rum fruit, which you know I thought was going to come through on the palate. It doesn't um, really come through on the palate. No, it, I was expecting I was expecting something like a like Ardbeg drum. You know, that they kept in the rum cask, huge rum on the nose, huge rum on the, on the palate. But 
but on the palate, hmm. you know, again, dark cocoa, spice, get a little bit of wood char on it. You know, all in all, uh, you know, a, a fine malt. I mean, uh, yeah, really nice whiskey. Um, the sherry notes didn't overpower it. Um, just enough in there to fill in some of the holes. Uh, but all in all, lovely, a lovely whiskey. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be rating the Distillers Art Ben Rennie's 2002 three sips. Interesting. So we're going to go to our next one, and we're going to have Maury tell us about that one. Thank you, Bob. Uh, the next product is the Distillers Art Blair Atoll 1995. It's a 21-year-old bottled at 55.8% ABV. Blair Atoll is one of the oldest distilleries in Scotland, founded in 1798 by John Stewart and Robert Robertson near the picturesque little town of Pitlockery. The young Blair Atoll distillery was closed not long afterwards until it was revived again by John Robertson in 1825. It ran continuously for a decade after that. A string of different owners followed in rapid succession. Alexander Conacher and Company, John Conacher and Company, Peter Fraser and Company, Elizabeth Conacher, and P. McKenzie and Company Distillers Limited. The Blair Atoll Distillery was finally closed in 1932 before being purchased by Arthur Bell and Sons in 1933. Although Arthur Bell owned Blair Atoll, they didn't actually use it until it was fully rebuilt in 1949. In 1973, the distillery expanded, adding two further stills to the previous two. The distillery is currently owned by Diageo. So this is really a nice whiskey. Number one on the color, it's got the most color of anything we've tried today. It's got a a deep gold, perhaps uh, almost coppery glint to it. Um, On the nose, you definitely get some toasted barley, sugar-coated almonds, and even a little juicy uh, cranberry note. On the palate, uh, spicy clove and cinnamon really predominate, and then it's sort of balanced off with a little hint of uh, raisin and and citrus peel. On the finish, I found the finish to be medium to long. I think it's a beautiful whiskey. I think it's very well made um, and really a step up from uh, from the the previous one, which, as I said, was well made. But this one I really really liked. Um, We don't know much about the finishing and about the casks, but to me, it's got some sherry notes to it. It's just really well-rounded. It's viscous. It's mouth-coating. I really like this whiskey quite a lot. Justin, what did you think? I thought it had... um some bitter notes to it and the length of the finish I was surprised it was a 21 year spirit maybe it's third fill barrels it's pretty good um before i added water to it after i added water to it it just brought out more of the bitter notes and threw the balance off a little bit interestingly i didn't find the water really benefited it much at all uh um, not on this one no didn't really benefit but uh you know, what do you think, Bob? I think you're both out of your damn minds. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think? Oh, we have a saying around here. We got a little rule back home. If it's brown, drink it down. There you go. Um, this one is the most brown. It's got a great <laughs> It's the most brown. It, I mean, it's a 21-year-old sherry cask, so it definitely picked up a little bit more color, but the nose on it. Just sweet and floral, a little bit of the toasted barley on the palate. Mm. 
the sherry notes definitely come through. You get that dried raisin uh, current note to it. A little bit of citrus on the edges and the back of the palate. And uh, the clove up front. Yeah. Absolutely lovely whiskey. I, I, you know, fabulous. What do you think, Brent? Yeah. And then nose, I actually got, a, it reminded me of like a blue raspberry Slurpee a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I know the Smurf. I know that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but yeah, on the palate, you definitely, that clo- you get that clove and you get the raisins um, and a little bit of, that little bit of citrus peel on he it. But is those such a word st- stand sometimes. Out. I just, I can't stand the, you know, the, the, the vocabulary of this man is just so. My mind is a raging torrent. Flooded with rivulets of thought cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. Ditto, Mr. Lamar. <laughs> Do we have any idea, Bob, on the availability or price point of this? This, I suspect, would not be inexpensive. I have no idea. Well, usually in today's world, uh, figure about $10 for every year of aging. Yeah. So it's probably about a $200 bottle. And it it's a very nice bottle. It happens to be from a distillery where I had my first job in the liquor industry. This was owned by Bell's Scotch Whiskey. Yeah. And uh, he was he was the piss boy. Right. <laughs> I was in charge of cleaning out the spit buckets. And boy, did I have fun. But <laughs> having said that. I guess cleaning and drinking are somewhat synonymous certain, at certain times. At, at some point. At, at that age, when you're at, young age, yeah, it's all the same. Right? And at some point. It just doesn't matter. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I think this was a great whiskey. I think it probably has maybe a year or two more age than I would like on it. I'm, mm. I'm getting a little bit of wood on the end. Doesn't make it a bad whiskey. Okay. No. Just for my own personal yeah, taste. I'll agree with you. Yeah. It, it, it might. I mean, it's it's still a great whiskey. It's still a great whiskey. It's, it's still coasting in greatness. But you guys are splitting hairs. It might have been yeah, a year exactly. or two. But, yeah, I mean, overall, a great whiskey. Yep. So we're going to be giving the distillers our Blair Athol 21-year-old cherry cask four sips. That's classified. So that takes us on to our next spirit, which is... Tell us, Bob. Let me find here. Which is our distiller's art, Dalyuane. Um Which one is that? One, two, 2007. Four, number four. Uh, the Dalyuane Distillery was founded in 1852 by William McKenzie. When he died in 1865, his widow leased the distillery to James Fleming, a banker from Abelard. Together with William McKenzie's son, he founded McKenzie & Company. After Thomas McKenzie's death in 1915, the distillery was sold to John Dewar & Sons, Johnny Walker & Sons, and James Buchanan and Company. Man, these guys can't hold on to a distillery for more than 15 minutes in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they had a bump in a road, and it's the next guy's down. Uh, in 1917, a fire destroyed, uh, destroyed oh, a, a portion surprise. of the distillery. That happens everywhere. Uh, including the distillery's pagoda roof, and the distillery remained closed for three years. In 1925, Dalyuane was bought by a distiller's company limited, DCL, and in 1960, it was completely renovated and was expanded from four to six stills. It closed, they closed their on-site malting house in 1983, most have at this point. Um, in 1987, Dalyuane was purchased by United Distillers, which then became Diageo. So... It's got a nice color to it, sort of a burnished bronze. On the nose, it's like a rich, almost burnt, charred honey. 
a little bit of barley and just uh, just a, tight, no, a tiny little bit of citrus in the tip of the nose. And then on the palate, mm, on the palate, just uh, very rich cereal note, barley, um, coffee notes, some, uh, some, some Dutch cocoa. The dried raisins, it's got a little bit of a nuttiness on the back palate and the finish. And it's got a really nice finish, goes on, uh, you know, medium to long. Uh, this one I love. This one I absolutely love. This is a great whiskey. What do you think, Alan? I enjoyed this whiskey tremendously. Um, I kind of take, I think this came from a sherry cask mm -hmm. and, uh, all the fine points of it are pointing to that. I I would just have to say, you know, I find absolutely nothing wrong with it and tons of things that are just great. So I, I think this is a beauty and uh, should yeah. be enjoyed by everybody. Yeah, it is a sherry cask, 59% ABV and 11 years old. So, Yeah, I, I would agree with Alan. Um, I think this is perhaps my favorite of the day. Uh, it's a lovely whiskey. It's beautifully made. The sherry comes through, but it's nicely balanced. I think Bob was spot on on the comments, both on the nose and the palate. Um, really, a really lovely whiskey. And uh, again, at 11 years old, it's just beautiful. Uh, it's probably half the price of the 21-year-old, and yet it's uh, it's at, at least as good. Yeah. If I were to if I were not to know how old this whiskey was, I would have said it was an 18-year-old. Yeah, I agree. Old, it tastes older yeah. than it. I it's mature beyond its years. I agree. Right. It I mean, it's got a great color. Like 18, it's got a great mouthfeel yeah. to it. You know, the wood has come through. Yeah, yeah. and not overly not woody, overly no. oaked or woody. I agree with you completely. It's just per it, it, pretty perfect balance. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to move on to the next one because we've got a bunch to go. So we are going to be giving the uh, Destores Art Dalyuane 2007 11-year-old four sips. That's classical. Well, and well-deserved. Well yeah, well, I wanted five, but I got overruled. All right, so we've got uh, Justin's going to be telling us about the next one. So take it away, brother. Our next product is Distiller's Art Inchgoer 2008. It's 58.4% alcohol by volume. And it's 10 years old. The Inchgower Distillery was built in 1871 by Alexander Wilson. When the family went bankrupt, the Bucky Town Council purchased the distillery in 1936 and then sold it to Arthur Bell and Sons Limited in 1938. The whiskey produced here is a major component of Bell's blended Scotch whiskey to this day. 1966, two more stills were installed, doubling its capacity the absorption of Bells into Guinness and the subsequent purchase by that firm of DCL, Inchgower became part of what is now Diageo. On this spirit, I got a lot of uh, ocean notes to it, some seaweed on the nose, uh, a little bit of malt. On the palate, I got, um, it was pretty dry, but enjoyable. Notes of fruit, tart citrus. The finish was long and woody. Again, another spirit today that's defying its age by having a much longer finish than you'd expect. I think it was well balanced. What did you think, Maury? I agree, Justin. I think this is a lovely whiskey. Um, 
very well made. It's got a very pleasant nose. Um, it's got a nice palette. I would just say that it's a little more simplistic than some of the ones we've had earlier. Uh, just doesn't have the layers and layers of flavor that keeps on going. Nice entry-level whiskey. Uh, nothing wrong with it. It's well-made. It's, uh, it's really nice whiskey. Um, very, very light on the color. Uh, just a pale yellow. Um, medium finish. There's really no, no flaws. Uh, I kind of really like this whiskey. It's a little bit of an oddity uh, with the fruity flavors and the spices mixing together. And the water. I and, forgot to mention that the water really seemed to help it. Yeah. And having it sit out for about a half an hour it has, changed, really has changed it a lot. It's better now than it was when it, we first poured it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, this to me, great aperitif whiskey, great anytime whiskey. Um, with lots of stuff that is subliminal in it that need more discovery. Uh, and that's just verbalizing. The whiskey is terrific. I really like it. Yeah, when I first tried it, I had this little bit of off-putting note to it. You know, it just didn't just didn't seem to match like you know what it should what should what it should be. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, and so when yeah. it, that and I added the water and bam, it just smoothed everything out. Just mm -hmm. brought out the flavors. It really really enhance this one. There's sometimes when you, you know, the water will really enhance something. This is one of them. This yeah, is one. But I think Alan's right about air because I thought the water enhanced it. But, but really now that I've let it sit and come back a half hour later, mm -hmm. the air has enhanced it even more this than the water. This is precisely why I prefer yeah. cast strength whiskeys is because it allows you to adjust it. You yeah. know, and your palate's going to be different tomorrow than it is right now. So it allows you to be able to, you know, go down if you like or to leave it as is. You know, it allows you to leave it open. You know, it, it's just that. I mean, it just it puts you in control rather than somebody going, you're going to drink this at 93 and this is it. And this is this is what you're getting. No, you you get the ability to adjust it to your palate. Well, none of these whiskeys are hot. No, I, I think absolutely that not. Uh, part of its palate and part of it's just a little, just a couple drops of water will yeah. not really affect proof much, but really open yeah. up the flavors. Yeah, this one benefited the most from water and benefited the most from air of any of the ones we're drinking today. Agreed. Oh, Completely. Most definitely, yeah. yes. The apple and pear that I didn't notice initially oh, yeah. are exploding yeah. on the nose. Exploding. Yeah. Really the, phenomenal the, whiskey. The fruit really pops. Now that the air has gotten to it, and with the water, it really opens it up. Yeah. It's absolutely delicious. I think Alan's spot on. A, I think an aperitif, it's a beautiful aperitif. Mm. It's delicate. Um, yet refined. Mm -hmm. And refined. Perfect. Couldn't ask for a better description. DNR, delicate and refined. That's exactly yeah. what we say about Maury. He's delicate and refined. So, uh, excuse me, excuse <laughs> or me, or something. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to be rating the Distillers Art Inchgower 2008. Four sips. That's classified. Hey, and we're back, and we are discussing some of the lovely uh, whiskeys from Distillers Arts, and we are going to have uh, good old boy Alan tell us about our next whiskey. So we're approaching whiskey number six, which is from the Fetacorn, or as other people call it, the old Fetacorn distillery. This one was distilled in 2008 and was bottled at 10 years old. 
Fetacarn was founded in 1825 by Sir Alexander Ramsay, who then sold his estate, distillery, and all in 1830 to Sir John Gladstone, father of four-time British Prime Minister William Ewart Gladstone. Not being distillers, the Gladstone family leased the distillery to tenants until 1923 when it was sold to Ross Ross and Coulter, who operated until 1926 when it closed. In 1939, Fetacarn was sold to Associated Scottish Distilleries, which operated it until 1954 when ASD went under and its assets were broken up. Fetacon was purchased by Tom Scott Sutherland. In 1966, Mrs. Sutherland increased the number of stills from two to four. In 1971, he sold the distillery to Tomat to Tomantool Glenlivet, who then sold the property in 1973 to White Mackay. In 2014, White Mackay since 2014, White Mackay has been owned by Philippines-based Emperador Inc., used extensively in their blends. In 2018, Ferricon was relaunched by White Mackay under its own single malt label. Uh, always had a great affinity for Ferricon, have visited the distillery. The color of this whiskey is a very, very pale gold color, very light gold color. Um, I thought it was almost colorless. This was the lightest of the day. I mean, for me, it yeah. was yeah. hard and to even see any color. It, it would Shockingly appear, clear. It would appear to me that at 10 years old, it either came from a second or a third fill barrel. At least. Okay. But, you know, that stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, it matters in the days. No, no. The nose is unusually creamy and very, very, very soothing. And I'm getting some uh, truffle to it as well. Uh, Very, very pleasant. Very, very pleasant. On the palate, it's honey. Honey is the first flavor that comes out. And it's it's very mouth-coating as well. A lot of oils in this. It's a very distinguished whiskey and uh, very 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 smooth um the finish is nice the finish is not hot it is not overbearing it is very very smooth and it brings all of these different unique characteristics together um again you know this is a whiskey that a half an hour ago i would have probably said was okay, good whiskey, nothing negative about it. But having sat around for about a half an hour or more now, it's become more and more pleasurable. Uh, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And the honey is really coming out to me now, where which it didn't when I first put it onto the palate. Yeah, I for for, for me though, I know you had, you mentioned the oiliness to the for the mouthfeel. I had kind of it's kind of a dryness for me. I had like a little dryness, and I had the coffee, um, the coffee notes along with the honey mm-hmm. on the palate. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's very pleasant, very easy, very easy sipping. 
you know it's uh, it's enjoyable it's opened up a, you know it's opened up more as we've gone along here and just uh, just a very pleasant there's nothing bad to say about it and i agree with you brent i thought that this um whiskey i was a little concerned by the color again you don't drink the color but it was the most light almost colorless whiskey we've had today the nose i found a lot of sweetness and corn on the nose that if i didn't know better i would you know i think there's a lot of corn in the mash bill but it thought there was a bourbon almost yeah it was a lot of corn in the mash bill and i agree with alan very creamy on the nose that's really the best way to describe it palate pleasant easy going easy drinker this can be to me could be an all-day sipper you know it doesn't stand out as something spectacular but there's nothing offensive it's a beautiful whiskey. It's well-made. Um, again, it really improved with air. I think the American way is we want to drink it right away, but this just with air has really uh, bumped up quite a couple of notches for me. Justin, what do you think? I got a distinct note of limes in this, hmm. and I could only think that pairing this with like a dark porter would really balance it out well. If, you know, I'm not always a beer and a shot guy, but in this case, I would definitely do it. What'd you think, Bob? Not much else I can say. I mean, a, a fine whiskey, great creamy nose, nice palate. I mean, drinks really well. Solid, a solid whiskey. So we're going to be rating the Distillers Arts Vettercairn 2008. Solid three sips. Interesting. So we're going to go to Maury for our next whiskey. Thank you, Bob. The next whiskey is uh, from Distillers Art. Uh, it's the Jura 2007, coming in at 51.2% ABV and bottled at 11 years old. Originally established on the island of Jura as Craig House Distillery in 1810, the distillery went through several names and owners until it was closed in 1901. Due to the combination of a slump in the whiskey sales and the cost of running a remote island distillery, the site sat idle until 1963, so 62 years, and two local area Jura residents, Robin Fletcher and Tony Riley Smith. Yeah, both of them. Both Jura residents. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like the two of them got together and decided, let's yeah. buy this building. Right. We're the only ones here. Let's live on the <laughs> island. <laughs> they purchased the property and built a new distillery, financial backing from the Leith-based lender Charles McKinley and Company. In 1985, McKinley was purchased by Invergordon Distillers, which was then merged into White and Mackay. So you see a theme here. There's uh, a lot of common ownership. Uh, this whiskey had, uh, again, a light color, very light yellow on the nose. Definitely got some cinnamon bark, some dried golden raisins, a little bit of uh, malt, and uh, a very nice, pleasant nose. On the palate, uh, had some nice viscosity, had some malted barley, a little bit of almond to it. Uh, finish was long, oily, had a little bit of uh, sea mist to it. Um, a lovely whiskey. I thought it was uh, very well made and uh, really quite interesting. What do you think, Alan? I think this is one of the most flavorful whiskeys that is not a heavily peated whiskey mm. that I've ever had. It is extraordinarily pleasant. And I can envision myself in the mountain cabin on a rainy evening with some good friends and bad women enjoying the life out of this whiskey. So every day of your life, basically. <laughs> scared if I stop all at once, the cumulative hangover will literally kill me. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think this is a tremendous whiskey. Uh, 
you know, I don't think it gets much better. It's just lovely, I lovely, have a, lovely I have a huge stuff. soft spot for Jura anyway. I just, I, it always, it's one that always kind of talks to me. Yeah. But yeah. this one is, it's just lovely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really, really nothing I could do to improve this. I mean, it's got the malt, malty nose, a little bit of raisin on it. And the palate, it's, again, it's another one that's opened up from, I sitting here. Mm. It's Absolutely a lively delicious. whiskey. It's yeah. a very lively yeah. whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between it's, it's bright. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah, like you said. It's it's live. It's sparkly. It's 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 in your face. It's it's very forward. Yeah, it's it's yeah, solid solid yeah, whiskey. Yeah. Between I mean, this and Ben Nevis, they can switch me to Scotch. You know, you know they. Yeah, you know that could happen. I doubt it. I doubt, I know, it. I doubt it too. But I mean, it could. Ha- you know, it's just. Oh, uh, I don't know if you saw the news. Uh, Kentucky burned down. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to be stuck with this for a while. So uh, sorry. <laughs> you know what I find interesting, and it'd be fun to do, although difficult to uh, to put together. Um, trying a bunch of whiskeys from, say, Jura from different independent bottlers and from the distillery itself. Oh, no. I, that's one of you know, my little idealist for the show. I've got a lot of stuff in there, and that's, you know, picking a distillery and doing all the independent bottlers is, is definitely one of the ones that I I've think we under, undervalue the yeah. impact that they yeah. can have, aging in a different warehouse, mm. uh, perhaps different cask finishing, yep. the fact that they've got different palettes, they're picking barrels that they think yep. – are sweet and honey and barrels. An, and entirely different from some of the shows that have been on this program in the past where they do things where we've done things uh, before we even started and I believe Mike did one, uh, an MGP. So they did all the different brands that purchased from MGP. Well, they're buying the finished whiskey from MGP. It's sitting in their warehouse. They're picking from all the different warehouses as opposed to here where you're buying casks and you're putting them in your own warehouse. That's right. That's entirely different. And that's... Oh, I agree. Yeah, that's one of the one of the ideas. You know, it's that's that's right below the one where I want to do all the ghost distilleries. You know, the ones that don't exist anymore. And hell, half of those are starting to come back. So I've got to get off my rear end and actually start sourcing stuff for some of those shows before they come back. But yeah, I mean a solid a solid whiskey. Um, and we're going to be giving the uh, Distillers Art Jura 2007 11 year old four sips. Well done. And we've all been waiting for the for Brent. the Brent. For the best part of the day. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Oh, yeah. Yes. That's the sound I was waiting for. Yeah, Yeah, macho man. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to get to the Smoky Petey one. (laughs) So, of course, we're going to have Brent tell us about that. That's the only way. That's the only way to do it. Let's see him butcher (laughs) the name. Our last product is the Distillers. Insane. Oh, Oh, the Distillers uh, Art and Quila. Um, 2010, it's a 60.4% ABV, another uh, high-proof one, seven years old, so it's not that old. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the uh, Coila was established in 1846 by Hector Henderson on a small bay next to Port Askeg on Isla's east coast. In 1857, Henderson was bought out by blender Bullock Laid and was subsequently absorbed into DCL now, Di- now Diageo in 1927. The distillery ran until it was completely rebuilt in 1972, with the addition of four stills bringing the total to six, transforming Coila into Isla's largest producer. Its whiskey is a major component of Diageo's blends, most notably Johnny Walker. While Coila is typically one of the lighter 
peated Islas malts, they also began producing unpeated whiskey during the 1980s during the whiskey slump. Some unpeated whiskey is still made there each year for use by Diageo's blending team. In 2011, another major renovation took place, further increasing capacity to 6.5 liters per year, million oh, yeah. liters per year. So the color on this one, it's it's very light, just a very light pale uh, pale yellow. yellow. Yeah, very light pale. Um, on the nose, right off the bat, you get peat, but the, the difference between the peat on this one and the smoky peat that you get on others is this one is a soft peat. This one is like an, a soft, mellow peat with uh, with hints of, of a little bit of coffee and vanilla. It's just it's actually pleasant. It's actually like oh, I'm not I'm not getting burnt out or something, you know. So on the palate, you get um, you get the vanilla, you get the clay. Maury, pick your chin up off the table after he said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i'm just a, in shock it's like uh like, it's like a like a taffy uh you know you get some sweet grains in it are you drinking but the same whiskey whiskey this is this is whiskey i just but, didn't know if we were drinking the same thing <laughs> who are you and what did you do with bread <laughs> <laughs> but you know what this is this has got that this has got that smokiness on it but you know what it it's very, very well balanced. I've never had one that's more well balanced for where the where the smoky peatiness, you know, doesn't overpower some of these other flavors. And so this one is like I wanted to describe it as a soft peat, you know, like a smooth jazz. This is kind of like that, you know. It's just a just a little smoky mellowness to it, um, and then the finish is a nice, nice easy finish. It's uh, and it goes down and it kind of loses the smoke in the finish so did you just Alan? compare my beautiful glywa to kenny g and smooth jazz <laughs> there you go i demand satisfaction <laughs> a duel at, at sunset <laughs> it, it reminds me somewhat of a film noir movie where Ingmar Bergman Scotch. Awesome. Well, where the actor or the actress has some very telling memoirs that they need to destroy. And so they take a little metal wastebasket and they throw the memoirs or their love letters in there Burn. and light it on fire. So it's not like the smell of a, a burning coal factory. It's burning smell of lost love. The smell of lost love. I love it, Alan. You're so poetic. <laughs> After eight drams, this is what happens. <laughs> Justin, this, what did you think? This tastes a lot like um, Johnny Walker's 21-year XR with the um, light smoke flavor. But the crazy thing about this spirit is it's only seven years old. And I don't know how it's able to play with the big boys. Right for but seven years, I'm expecting for seven years. I'm expecting that it's going to be, uh, you know, a whole lot, you know. No, it's surprisingly mature for seven years old. Yes, I don't know yeah. what they're doing to these whiskeys, whether they're playing rock and roll music or what. But these whiskeys are mature for their age. A seven-year-old Isla is like a fourteen-year-old something else. Uh, Isla whiskeys in their youth are far more provocative than they are in their old age. Well, we're going to be rating the Distiller's Arts Kauai four sips. 
and it's a solid, solid whiskey. So, well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap the subscribe button. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or Uncle Larry to play podcasts, Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback. You can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes follow out on Twitter every day at Sip, Subs, and Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And you'll also be able able to interact with the thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. It's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank our co-host for joining us today. I don't know who the guy is in Brent's chair because he was drinking uh, Isla Scotch. So whoever the guy is that's assumed Brent's identity, thank you for coming. Well, it was a pleasure. It was also a pleasure just, um, you know, enjoying Scotch. (laughs) Thank you, Alan. Who are you? Good friends, good whiskey, (laughs) nothing is better. Thank you, Maury. Thank you, Bob. Another great day in the basement. And uh, I think I'm going to go change my damp socks. My feet are cold. And thank you, Justin. What an amazing day in the basement. Thank you, Bob. Well, for Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. Remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey. And if you're drinking distiller's art, you're not drinking bad whiskey. whiskey. (laughs) No, this is great pleasant. It was... uh, what a big thank you to uh, to Henry for sending these to us. Thank you, sir. And uh, cheers. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, get out soul. and try this if you mm-hmm. haven't, because nice you'll be guy. surprised. Absolutely the nicest guy. So yeah, yeah. Until I told thank him you, I knew you, Alan, and then he threw me out of the place. Oh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Happens more often than not. <laughs> mm-hmm. has been a one tan hand production of sip suds and smokes a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life from the dude in the basement studios your host the good old boys will see you all next time